I'm Dante Centauri, and I love to talk about insects. I'm Mia Centauri, and I also love to talk about insects. So we'll be talking about insects together on Insect View. Welcome back to Insect View. Today's topic will be the Dobson fly. I'm going to start off by mentioning that there are a couple of different types of Dobson fly, as you can expect. And what I'm going to talk about taxonomy, I'm going to mention the Eastern Dobson fly. It's probably the most widespread one in America, but there are different types across the world, and this is going to be mostly a, a general characteristics of Dobson flies, and not specifically for the Eastern Dobson fly. The said Dobson fly is known as Cordalis cornutus. It's in the family Cordalidae, which is in the order Megaloptera. And Megaloptera used to be considered part of Neuroptera, which is what the lace wings are in, but the overall like genetic analysis and such kind of led to a bit of a split. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, Neuroptera, something kind of interesting. I was um, the other day at, at OSU... Uh, in the insectary there, there was a bunch of these really old entomological posters. So I was helping to uh, to just sort of unroll them uh, and document them. And there was... Oh, really? I think these are from, like, the 50s and, and mm -hmm. the 40s and stuff. And one of them had uh, Strepsiptera listed under Neuroptera, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. And a lot, a lot changes. Because <laughs> people won't stop freaking learning things. They have to change everything. And it's like, oh, cool, we have everything sorted out to these orders, but no. What are, what are Strepsiptera again? Stripsipter are twisted wing insects. They're those little parasites that live in in, uh, in wasps and stuff, like under their their abdomens. Mm -hmm. and they have the uh, those weird like um, oh I can't remember the name uh, the juvenile form like females who like the the eggs like grow inside of them. They're pretty oh, cool, yeah. pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, they're their, they're their own order now, right? Aren't they? Yeah, they are. Stripsipter. Yeah, a little fun fact about the order named Megaloptera. A little fun fact about the order name Megaloptera you have to keep is that in. the it's built out of kind of two Greek uh, prefixes, suffixes, suffixes. I don't know. I'm not an English major, but uh, mega, which means large, kind of as you can really? expect, and to, and yeah, <laughs> surprise, yeah. and pteryx, which means wing. See, I would have thought that they would be noting the uh, the size of their jaws. Yeah, actually, uh, with. I'm, I shouldn't be pronouncing the P, it's like pterodactyl, so it's pteryx, yeah. but there's a P in front of it. Yeah, it's the same thing. I think with that, speaking of that, because yeah, like diptera, everyone says diptera, right? It mm -hmm. shouldn't be diptera, though? Because, I mean... I don't know. Diptera, that doesn't question. sound like, <laughs> I mean, everyone I know pronounces it like diptera, or like diptera. But I guess technically it shouldn't be, or hy like, because hy it's hymenoptera. Hymenoptera? I don't know. If someone mm. is, is like a linguistics major or something, please uh, DM us. Yeah, kill this up for us. <laughs> actually, speaking of DMing and such, this is actually a request from Instagram. So one of uh, one of our followers let us know they want to hear about Dobson flies, and so after it's oh, who doesn't want to hear about Dobson flies? Yeah, we are we're we're a little bit late to get into that episode, but here we are in the end. So if you do want to hear about a specific insect, feel free to. If you have actually, if you have any questions about insects, I was thinking it might be fun to do a little segment where we kind of answer Q&As and such. So if you just have questions about bugs, uh, just let us know. We'll kind of put them in the end of episodes. But also, if you want to hear specific insects for episodes, feel free to just let us know, and we can try and fold it in. Yeah, so dolphin flies have, like, a really cool and interesting life cycle. And so it starts out, obviously, with, like, the eggs, uh, because they are, they're, you know, they're, they're hollow metabolists. They have complete metamorphosis. But um, they, they're, they lay their eggs kind of near the water, uh, you know, you see them in, you know, like, like freshwater, like rivers, um, you know, ponds, that kind of thing. And they lay these in these like egg masses and they are then covered with this, this fluid that like dries hard to, uh, to protect the eggs. Um, 
And it can also, I mean, it from, you know, obviously from predators that might be looking to eat it. And uh, it's also kind of believed that it protects them from the sunlight. It looks a lot like bird poop as well. Yeah, which yeah, is it kind does. Of... Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, you wouldn't want to eat that. So. <laughs> but yeah, so in, in cases where they didn't have the fluid, it would, uh, the eggs would die, possibly just because of, you know, exposure to the elements. I feel like everything in the world is out to get bug eggs, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like... <laughs> Yeah, I actually quite recently, I quite recently got the ESA, like, calendar they sent with the membership, and I think the first, like, three pages are all just, like, hyperparasitoids yeah. laying their <laughs> eggs and eggs, you know? It's, yeah, it's, I mean, there's so many of them. It's, I mean, parasitism, I feel like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that people think of as, like, oh, it's, oh, it's so gross, oh, it's a parasite. I mean, but parasitism is an extremely, like, successful and efficient way of just living <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. there's so many parasites out there there's parasites for the parasites it's crazy we're we're like the weird ones for not <laughs> yeah. for not laying our eggs in anything but mia maybe we all maybe, maybe humans are the real parasites that is that of, really made of me earth yeah yeah and maybe we're the but monsters no one's, ever, no one's ever done that thing before yeah no i've never i've literally never heard anyone say that before that's really deep you should mm-hmm. like put that on like a, you should you should tweet that yeah. <laughs> also, a kind of neat thing about the egg laying habits of the Dobson fly is that well, you you, you want to they put it always close to the river, and oftentimes they're on trees above. Uh, as Mia mentioned, they're on trees above the river, kind of on the leaves, and the larvae will just drop out of the egg masses yeah. straight into the river. But they can. There's a bit of a range. Like apparently, they're usually around. There aren't a ton of studies for this, but they're usually at about lower than seven meters above the water, as you'd kind of expect. But the highest egg mass ever found was, there might be higher, I don't know, again, there aren't many studies, but the highest egg mass ever found was 40 meters above the water source. So whatever, like, parent Dobbs fly made that one really just made it very hard for the little Dobbs fly larvae to get down to the river, because they have to jump, basically, and kind of just hope they land in the water. <laughs> it would kind of suck to be, like, an inch off, <laughs> just, like, just splat, yeah. You crack your little compound eyes open, like, oh, let's see. Do this. Let's, see. <laughs> let's, let's see where the river is. Oh my god! <laughs> god damn it, mom! <laughs> um, Forty meters. <laughs> they hatch and they, you know, they get in the river, and that's kind of when they when they enter their larval stage, which is probably the uh, the coolest and I guess the most well known probably part of their life cycle. Uh, I imagine if you are uh, an an angler, um, you're probably pretty familiar with them because. Uh, well, the thing is, whenever I look up Helgramites, I all see a bunch of lures that are very convincingly shaped like uh, Helgramites. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't see anything about this specifically, but I imagine they're, you know, pretty good bait. Yeah, I, I did some research on this, and apparently they're really good for bass, I believe. Like, they're oh, super yeah. good bass bait, mm-hmm. but they're rarely actually found in the stomach of bass because they spend most of their lives sitting under rocks. Yeah. It's kind of a rare treat. And so yeah. when anglers will use them as bait, I think one of the reasons... It's like dangling caviar in front of someone. Yeah, and they're quite big, too. So if you're an insectivorous fish, like a meal yeah, that large, like, oh, that's it's tough good. to say no to. <laughs> but yeah, they're really cool. Um, And if you... You may have seen one before if you've uh, spent any time just poking around a river. But these, they're these really big, like, worms. Uh, and they have um, kind of, as you see in the adults, they have that big head uh, and, like, that, that kind of longish uh, thorax with the, the really big jaws um and you should, you should if you've never seen them before you should definitely just kind of look it up because they do look very kind of uh, 
alien, you know? <laughs> they do look kind of freaky. Mm. Especially um, in the water, they because they, when you're out of the water, everything gets kind of like a little flat. Yeah. But when they're in the water, they get all they're all bristly, and you can kind of see all the different like. Yeah, they're really they're really cool looking. I really like seeing them. Yes, yeah, so they uh, they live uh, under rocks, like you said, and they'll eat just like whatever's in front of their faces, pretty much. Um, and they're also they're ambush predators, so they don't like chase after their prey. They just sort of wait for something to uh to like pass by it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they really will eat basically anything. There's been they've been seen to eat like raw meat sometimes in, in lab settings. Uh, they'll they'll cannibalize or something. They're just you know they're they're there for a meal and that's really it. They're they're pretty important. They're a pretty important part of the aquatic food web as well because they're such large and like intense predators. When there aren't any fish in an aquatic ecosystem, they might they often take the top spot as like yeah. the lead aquatic predator. And also because of their size and everything, they'll be eaten by fish. Uh, I didn't find records of it, but you could assume that insectivorous birds would also eat them. Like yeah. small herons maybe would probably go for it. But they're they just because like their size and how much they eat, they're pretty important parts of a food web. And they're not they're not just like a bug that oh it's there like that's a critical part of the food web and kind of helps manage things, helps manage insect populations in a lot of aquatic yeah. areas. Yeah, and they're also pretty long lived as larvae. They can live uh, for multiple years. Um, it's something that's been recorded in, in colder in colder climates. They they live. Uh, like a little bit longer, which, which I guess kind of makes sense. Maybe they're a little slower growing, but yeah. So they they live very long and they they just eat a lot. So they're kind of like the the top dogs in a lot of um in a lot of stream ecosystems. Pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Once it you know, once the helgramite uh, gets of age to grow into an adult, it basically crawls into the bank and digs a little dirt hole to live in. Like they don't they don't have silk glands or anything, so they don't spin a cocoon. So the helgramite will just literally dig a hole in the ground and spin around on it and kind of pack the dirt in. And then so it'll spin, pupate in there. Spinning in its grave. Huh? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and once it uh, emerges from the pupate, it's a really impressively large insect. If you've seen an antlion or anything, it's that sort of type of creature, the huge yeah, wings. Bigger. They just have, the, I think the thing is, that's so remarkable about them, is just that they have those, those gigantic thick heads. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, and the females and the males have different sized mandibles, but the males um, have these really like two inch long uh, pinchers and the females are also pretty big too they're just they're mm-hmm. really cool really yeah. interesting and both like both like this is a common like thing with dobsflies when you see the massive jaws people ask can they bite and like yeah kind of the the males can give you a bit of a pinch the females have a pretty tough bite they can draw a bit of blood they really get you but like they're not really, they're not really that interested in biting you mm-hmm. uh, well i mean i would steer clear of their i've never been bit by one but i've seen some live ones and i would not want to go anywhere near the, uh, the face. <laughs> yeah, don't don't put your uh, finger in its mouth. The massive jaw sizes. This is a pretty common theme in insects. The, the male, the ma- male has these giant mouth parts for like uh, inter species competition. Yeah, and they're they're more for for impressing the ladies than anything else. Yeah, it's, they don't because really, they don't eat. The the adult dobsflies really don't. They only live about the females can live about a week and a couple days. And the males only live about three days, and they don't eat during that time, or at least they don't eat very much. There have been some lab records of the them eating honey water. Uh, when you spread beer all over a tree, they'll fly over and get it. That's a common thing. It sounds weird, but splashing beer in a tree is like a go-to method. Well, I know for what catching I'm doing bugs. tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, they don't. The mouth parts aren't for eating. That's for competition mostly. With the males, they were do observed they, they, trying to flip. You. Do the bugs like? Do they have like preferences for beer? So it's like, oh, if you want like the uh, all all the. The um the stag beetles are really like stuck up in the only like IPAs. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're like hipsters. This, the, and they're like, oh. Yeah, this <laughs> Bud Light like, is the working bugs beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, there's like a, no, you have like three different trees, and you see which shows up yeah. for like Coors Light and which. Yeah. <laughs> no one shows up for Coors Light. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like, like a, you know, you just see like like a couple like um like like frat dudes like licking the tree next to yeah. them. <laughs> they come to the they're yeah. not attracted to the to the light traps, but this brings them in. Yeah, but. But a- a- actually, speaking of light traps, I brought it a couple times, but now I can really get to it. With the light traps, that's kind of when there were... Because there really aren't many... Like It's understood that the the mouth parts are used for competition. But Dobson flies, it's really unobserved. Because they're nocturnal, uh, it's challenging to actually watch his behavior. So the only time it was observed, was at least that I could find, was in a paper kind of talking about just little mating procedures. And they had a light trap set up, and the Dobson flies would come to the sheet, and they the males would just try and flip each other off of it. Like, once the males met, they just try and stick their jaws into each other and just catapult the other one off of the sheet. And then they kind of walk over to the female. And they did this behavior where they put their jaws perpendicular to the female, kind of along her back on the wings. And then that would go on for a couple minutes. But then no one would actually attempt to mate after it. And the authors kind of think that maybe because they were shining a massive light in their face, they were a little bit stressed out and yeah. didn't actually go through with it. But hmm. it's still kind of not, not fully understood. But they're pretty sure that they're almost positive that it has some sort of sexual purpose. But really, the, the details aren't really known. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that's a lot. There's a lot of bugs like that where it's like it does it. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many bugs like that where like uh, it's like we pretty we're pretty sure about this, but like maybe they're just hard to observe. They're hard yeah. to find. You can't replicate it in the laboratory. There isn't enough funding to do it. Like yeah. uh, there are a billion different reasons as to why. It's the kind of thing. It makes you want to like go out with a light. And the video camera, I'd be like... <laughs> like a found footage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that Dobson flies, um, and just, you know, everything, all uh, oh, Corridalids, or, or Corridalidae, Corridalids, I think that's the right word. Um, I think they're very underrated animals, mm-hmm. and they're, they're just, they're so cool, and like, Helgramites, specifically, that's such a, that's, Helgramite is such a sick name for an animal. Oh, they're very interesting, though. I, you know, I also thought, mm-hmm. I also thought that Dobson flies would make a really good Pokemon. I don't that's know true, why. That's true. I, I mean, we have. Um, it's a bit of a mis- We have a, an antlion Pokemon, Trapinch. Mm-hmm. Is a really yeah, they're good, just dying for it. I think that's. I think Trapinch is a really good antlion Pokemon. I think it's sick. It's genius. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this installment of Insect View. I know it's been a while, and I apologize. We've just been. We've both been very busy. I've been having kind of a rough go at it in school. I have a lot of class kind of giving me a hard time, but it's a little bit ironic that. Both of our efforts to study insects are keeping us away from talking about them. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was thinking that when I was doing working at like grad school stuff. I'm like, I'm trying to study insects for a very long time, but it's really getting in the way of my other insect activities. Yeah. <laughs> if only we had yeah. six legs, but um, yeah. wait, arms, arms would make more sense. <laughs> well, you try. Yeah, we only had six Just legs. Thumb it up, thumb it up, thumb it up, thumb it up. Two pairs of arms. That would make life so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be horrible. But yeah, make sure to check out our Instagram or Twitter. And also, uh, do do send in any uh, insect questions so we can put them in the episodes or insect requests so we can follow up like we did with this like so we can follow up with them like we did with this episode. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.